Hey y'all, welcome back to PhD in Color. This is Adriana or Alexana. Emphasis on the D and the R. Hello, hello. Welcome back. Uh, we're back from a hot ass mess hiatus. <laughs> <laughs> uh, my name is Hoto Scholar. Welcome to the hot mess hour. <laughs> Big belly bookworm in the house. <laughs> and lastly, this is Academic Clapback. Welcome back. <laughs> Welcome back to us. <laughs> Basically. Okay, so this is what happened. <laughs> what happened was? What, what happened, happened was is that we published, or I should not say we, Academic Clapback. Thank you for your labor. <laughs> published our first episode last semester we're now in spring semester and um that episode was recorded almost a year ago so hopefully you listen to it so you can know a little bit about us and what we're trying to do and we've made a new commitment to ourselves and each other to make sure that we record regularly um because we talk a lot of shit we just haven't been recording it and so hopefully now we will be able to see each other regularly spend time with each other love on each other and tell each other the wild ass stories that we have speaking of which what is our topic today academic clapback our topic for today is really talking about when professors get in their feelings. Ooh. <laughs> I would say professors and colleagues, unwanted oh, colleagues, yeah. <laughs> mostly. Unwanted. <laughs> unwanted colleagues. You could quote me on that, Adriana. <laughs> okay. And staff and administrators. Okay. So I think, um, BBW, do you want to start? I think you have the most recent... Encounter <laughs> most recent time foolery. Yeah. So romper room. <laughs> Welcome to the romper room section. Um. So yes, last I thought this was the last semester of coursework for me, and at our institution, LOL. You. Um. There's a, a particular requirement that everybody has to take, and it doesn't make sense, but folks have been taking um, this particular type of course, and that's what I was trying to do. The topic was, like, on global affairs, and that's, like, not my lane, mm -hmm. and... Um, I was doing the readings, and the readings were very Eurocentric. And as a scholar of education, in my reflections that we were required to do, I just asked questions about why are we reading things that are just focused on European histories and activities. As you um, should. As I should. Um, I did answer the questions of the reflections, I made sure that I did that, but still being critical. First week, professor's response was defensive. Oh, we'll get to that. You raise great questions. We'll bring it up in class. Get to class, not brought up. Fine. This week, the readings were even more problematic I asked more critical questions about why why are we only centering uh, the voices of folks from European countries? What about mm. folks from Sub-Sahara Africa, Asia, indigenous folks? And I got a response. First of all, the professor implied that I didn't read. Mm -mm. How... Am I citing? <laughs> how am I citing things? I want to see the receipts. <laughs> how I, I wrote a page reflection, and um, instead of just saying, huh, you bring up something that maybe I don't agree with, but okay, um, she just implied that I did not read. Uh, so I did not respond because. Mm. Um, I don't want to. 
two hours later, she sends another res- response to mm-hmm. me and proceeds to encourage me to purchase a $119 book. Oh, fuck no. <laughs> Sorry. Um, <laughs> that garbage. Yeah. That I, first of all, um, if you're not sending the PDF, <laughs> the link to Springer to I, the sorry, ebook in the library. Thank <laughs> you. I, so I don't respond to that either, and I'm like, okay, maybe I'm tripping. Yeah. So this is where, when you're in PhD programs, a, a supportive advisor is critical mm-hmm. to how your how your experience in graduate school is mm-hmm. I emailed my advisor and was like yo am I tripping or like or what she said oh just forward me the, the messages forward her the messages she qualified everything that I was feeling like it's not you. She's extremely defensive. Mm-hmm. Um, that's just the way she is. So I'm like, okay, that makes me feel a little bit better. I know how to navigate this class. But when I get to class this week, she starts with a synopsis of the readings. Mm-hmm. Fine. And then in a class of, there's about 20 of us. Mm-hmm. That's pretty big for here. Yeah, yeah. pretty big. Yeah. Normally it's about seven, eight people. Uh-huh. 20 folks, she specifically walks up to me and say, hey, BBW, <laughs> do you have any questions? Uh-uh. So, like, basically singling you out. Singling me out. And in front of the entire class. So, I, uh, of course, I do have questions. Yeah. Um, As a dope-ass scholar would. <laughs> I mean, aren't we always supposed to have questions? Yeah. And... Um, That's why we're here. She wasn't here mm-hmm. for it. She wasn't. She wasn't creating a space for intellectual discourse, mm-hmm. which it, is the whole point of these classes, right? Again, seminar. Yeah. Yes. Seminar. It's, Let's discuss. Yeah, it's to get folks specifically with this requirement from different disciplines to talk about one issue and kind of bring in your expertise, which is. Basically, what you're describing, you were doing, right? Yeah, completely like shut down. Like, no, you're wrong, and let me tell you why you're wrong. People have a lot of shit to say about being critical thinkers and whatnot until we're critical against them mm-hmm. and their stupid ass comments. And I would and text. I would even say like it's not even critical against, against them, them, but it's it's like being critical of. Like, what we're reading, right? And mm-hmm. specifically in education, like, we have to question. So, I mean, we have to be critical about everything. everything. And specifically ourselves, right? And thinking about teaching and thinking about, like, how do you put together a syllabus? How do you, you know, how are you reflective of your own teaching and your own practice and your own practice? Um, are you teaching? Yeah, absolutely, yeah. Do you know what teaching means? Yeah. And are you giving learners the space to think? Yeah, for sure. To process, Mm -hmm. yes. Or do you just want someone to regurgitate what you read and what you agree with as a scholar? Can fail. That's ugly. Okay, go ahead. And then what happened? So it it just continued on that she was like specifically like not engaging with the rest of the class and just kind of attacking me, and I couldn't get a word in. So mm-hmm. I was like, okay, this this I need to save my energy. So, mm-hmm. um, but what did you do during that process when she was coming at you? And she was getting real defensive. What were you doing? And what were other people doing in that class? Oh, well, other sure. people weren't saying anything. That's like okay. everyone was quiet. The one, the co-teacher uh, was trying to like defend me <laughs> and was like, okay, this is where she's coming from. Uh, but she wasn't having it. 
She wasn't having it. And that's when I was texting you all. Oh. <laughs> At we this know. point, the group, text, <laughs> the group text was popping off. That importance of group text <laughs> in graduate school. Importance of a group. <laughs> yeah, importance of a group. And I was like, okay, I've now disengaged, uh, opened up uh, the schedule of classes website, <laughs> proceed to email my advisor, I am dropping this course, and drop and close laptop in the middle of the class, in the middle of whoever is talking, get up and loudly leave. Yeah. Oh my God, I'm so proud of you. Can we just say that? That takes guts. Not everyone feels like they can do that. I'm so proud of you, Amiga. I just, I, I, I mean, it's something is to be said about protecting your energy. For sure. And I think also, like, specifically in grad school, there's so many power dynamics at play, right? And I think because there's so many power dynamics... There's a lot of ways in which as grad students, you feel like, oh, like I can't really respond or I can't say anything or like, you know, this might have repercussions for my career, which a lot of that is true, right? Like a lot of that is true. Like you never know who knows someone and whatever. And that doesn't mean that people, that's like a pass to like treat you like whatever, but it means and in a lot of different situations and contexts, like, that you have to be careful. Like, you have to tread carefully, which is really fucked up because, you know, you, folks shouldn't have the ability to treat anyone like that, whether you're a student or not. And I think um, that was really brave. And I appreciate that because I don't know that a lot of folks would have been able to do that, you know. And I think yeah. I'm actually really disappointed in the fact that no one stood up for you, but I'm also not surprised. Right, and I wasn't expecting yeah. it. Yeah, but I, I was, I was just surprised that that many graduate students in that space just had nothing to say. Yeah, and I feel like that spoke to how this professor runs her class. Mm-hmm. It's it's not meant to be a seminar. It's meant to be this hegemonic I'm the knower and I am telling you that what I know is correct this banking method yeah or an empty vessel to fill I am the one holding all the knowledge which is trash as we know very much trash and as we am like as I'm thinking like as we unpack this like how many people is this happening to on a regular basis right? right like it sucks, and um, and it's not very often, but we deal with this, I feel, way more than we A, need to, because mm-hmm. I don't think it's justified. It sucks that you sat in a room where, for this, from the sounds of it, as an outsider, this is something that's been very, like, inter- internalized, something that's very normalized, mm-hmm. that you can treat me like this because I'm a graduate student, um, and, like, specifically, like, PhD students. And a lot of PhD students go through stuff like this, especially PhD students of color, that people are afraid to talk about it, mm-hmm. you know? Because what are the repercussions? Like, is this going to get back to my institution or to, like, my Your advisor, advisor or to the profe? And what's going to happen when, like, that happens? Is that going to, like, hold my dissertation? Mm-hmm. Is that going to hold me advancing to candidacy, for example? So mm-hmm. I think the, the structure itself, one, is very problematic. Um, it's very traumatic. Mm-hmm. And, yeah, like... Um, Academic clackback just said, like, not everyone's going to get up and leave. I don't know if, like, last year, I, well, maybe I would have. But, like, I don't know if the <laughs> beginning of my PhD, I would have done something like that. I just got up and said, I'm not going to take this. Yeah, I don't think I would have done it my first year either. But seeing how this is, like, year three, <laughs> I'm like, look. I, I have too much money for this. <laughs> I have things to do. I have quals to finish. Yeah. And if, if this is not giving me the good energy that I need, then I'm out. For sure. For sure, I agree with that. Yeah, I think, like, I went through a very similar experience in in the course that I took to fulfill this requirement, and at that time, I didn't feel like I could step out and just quit, right? Or, like, not quit, that's the wrong term, but, like, drop out of the course and just 
go do something else. And I was at the very beginning of my program, so I had a lot of requirements to fulfill or a lot of courses to take. So it would have been a good time to do it too, but I didn't feel like it. But also the consensus that I had when I talked to other folks who were taking the courses to fulfill that requirement was that that was the experience in every course. And for me, it was it was just this reminder of this is happening throughout every other department but ours. Mm-hmm. And it still happens in ours as well, but not to the degree that I had been exposed to until I was in that class. Mm-hmm. When everyone would ju- was just regurgitating knowledge that we'd all read, well, I stopped reading because it was not the magic about. <laughs> <laughs> they say, "Oh, energy." I was not gonna read that trash, but like literally, it was me and the professor. At one point during the class, it would happen with this professor and I would go at it and talk, and I would challenge her about a certain topic. And I mean, it was very telling that in that course. The only time we really discussed diversity as part of the syllabus was on chap- on the one of the last chapters of the book we were reading. And it was one chapter mm. on diversity and one chapter on gender. So and that tells you a lot about the way that the course is run and the, and the perspectives that are, are brought into creating this course and into leading this course. So for me, like that experience of the of the professor calling you out, that was my experience almost on a day on a weekly basis when I was in that course. And some of it sometimes it wasn't to the degree of like, do you have questions? It was more like this like tension that she would feel and that I would feel because we knew we were going about to engage in this challenging, problematizing, <laughs> you know, like ready to like just shut her down. But there were a lot of peers of, of color in that course, and they didn't really speak up. Some of them would talk to me afterwards and say, like, oh, I really appreciated you bringing that up. But again, I think it's important also in those times, if you can support and speak up as another scholar of color yes. who also has questions to yes. bring them up. Solidarity is important in that time. It's not, we can't be quiet we're literally watching a professor use their power over a student. That's not acceptable. How are we challenging that? How are we changing those norms? Because we are just as complicit as the faculty in creating that and normalizing that. I I think that's a really good point. And I think, and I don't mean to say that like every single person has to handle things the same way or that like, you know, I know that folks process things differently and feel differently about certain situations. And maybe there were folks in the room that felt uncomfortable or felt like, hey, like this shouldn't be happening. And I don't I don't really know what folks I don't want to place like a certain kind of response on anyone. But I also feel like, yeah, like it does matter to be able to like, you know, be in solidarity with one another. And I think and I think specifically with us, like we have such a tight group and we have these conversations not just about like school and like the things that we're working on and our research interests but about life and about society and about politics and dating and sexuality and just all these different things that you know are a part of our lives and so we've grown close in that respect and so like when we're in class i know for a fucking fact that everyone is annoyed with us because we literally sit next to each other in the same fucking seat every week for sure and i'm just like and i don't it's not that we're it's not for me and i can't speak for everyone but like it's not that i'm trying to shut anyone out or like you can't sit here you can't sit with us or anything like that but literally like we've experienced so much institutional violence together Mm -hmm. and separately that i really feel like a safeness um like this like real like love and just bond even just by having they don't even y'all don't even have to look at me y'all don't even have to like say nothing or put it in the group text like just having you literally sitting next to me like makes me feel like a thousand times better because um this can be a very like like I said violent and lonely place and this can also be a very lonely um journey to take you know and it's not because it doesn't have to be that way that's the way that we're socialized like this is such an individual thing and like you have to compete with each other and you have to like step on someone else to get what you want and 
there's, you know, like kind of being in like this scarcity mindset and it's like everyone's out, like very capitalistic, you know, like competition, um, profit, you know, name, publicity over people, you know, and um, I don't agree with that. I fucking hate that. I despise that actually. And I think we all have come to this place where we're just like, oh, fuck it. Like, we're just going to do it in community. And um, that's so important. And that's no, I don't see a lot of folks talking about that. Um, and I know that folks, like, you get placed, some, we don't, but um, a lot of programs get placed in cohorts, right? And, like, that's supposed to, like, create community. But I know a lot of folks that are like, yeah, my cohort is a fucking mess. Like, everyone hates each other. Everyone's trying to, like, outshine each other. And, like, mm. no one sitting here in this room is trying to outshine each other. We're all trying to come up. And we're trying to bring each other along in whatever way we can. I don't know of any opportunity that I've ever had that I haven't shared with y'all. And I don't know that y'all have ever kept anything from me or anything like that. Because it's like, okay, well... We haven't. I, well, yeah. And, <laughs> Because it's like, if I don't get it, I hope you do. You know, like, that's the thing. Or like, True. you know, I, if I don't get it, you know, I hope one of us does. Or And that for me is winning, right? And so like, you know, I don't want to like place that like everyone should have got up and walked out. But I know I would have, right? And it, and, But that's also because we have this bond. And, you know, I don't know what other departments are like. I've heard things. Um, and our department isn't great. I could say that <laughs> with, as a fact with a capital F, <laughs> like, um, and there's a lot of that competition and like, you know, a lot of that, like stepping on each other in our department too. But I think being the scholars that we are and trying to be better people in the process is like, it's been so important for us as a community, but also for us as scholars. And yeah, that was really fucked up. And you know what? That person is just... They are who they are, and I feel sorry for everyone who didn't walk out and didn't exactly. drop. I feel sorry for the folks that are going to take this class. Like that are well, now they stuck, because the deadline was yesterday. Yesterday, <laughs> yesterday y'all, that's the other thing, being a student. Deadline. <laughs> and drop deadline yesterday. And that's not cheap. Mm-hmm. No. Like, if you're paying out of pocket. Even if you're not, we got to like, pay in the future. Yeah. <laughs> right. With interest. <laughs> Fuck. Oh my gosh. Let's not talk wild. about that. Uh, I mean, we can. We can. Not right now. <laughs> well, we'll talk about it in another episode. Yeah. But our tuition just went up again. So, um, LOL University is making me fucking LOL. Bullshit. It's a fucking scheme. Charge me it's more. Fucking, I want to be LOL University is a fucking Ponzi scheme. I said it, and you can yes. fucking hashtag me, quote me, whatever the fuck, because literally, it's just like this endless money hole that we have no idea what we're putting into, but um, we'll be okay. I guarantee it. Oh, we'll be fine. I know it, but whew, that was a good professors in their feelings. Anyone else? And if anybody out there listening, or one of our, like, one of four followers, thank you. Shout out. <laughs> Shout out to the all four followers. Shout out to the four oh, followers on, on oh, SoundCloud. Oh. And then the 36 oh, followers. Already. Shout out to the followers. The four followers on SoundCloud and the 36 followers on IG. And shout out to Aldo, I think it was, mm-hmm. who wrote a little comment. We're sorry we haven't had a second episode. That was <laughs> that was his comment. It was like, I can't wait for the second episode. Um, but yeah, shout out to everyone who supported us and reposted us. We're trying. We're going to figure it out. We're going to be more consistent. We're working on it. If you'd like to contribute or you'd like to add to what we just talked about, we'd love to hear from you. Feel free to reach out to us at phdinandcolor at gmail.com. So that's p-h-d-i-n-g-i-n-c-o-l-o-r at gmail.com. Uh, follow us on IG, phdinandcolor. And check out our SoundCloud. Oh, you're on it if you're listening to it now. But <laughs> tell your friends. It's PhD in color. Yes, please. Follow me on IG. Ooh. Ooh. What's your handle? Big Belly Bookworm. <laughs> <laughs> yes. I will be posting about books. Yeah. That's what I like. <laughs> 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 
Um, and again, if any messages that you send through, I'll most likely look through them first. Academic clapback, so you can send it through Gmail, through IG. We're always looking, even if we're not updating our page constantly. Um, but also, I think the hiatus that we had is just very reflective of where we are in, in our own trajectory in the journey of the PhD. So be kind to us, understand we're doing the best that we can, but also it's four of us with very different schedules and competing responsibilities getting together, making sacred time to be together and to share our, our experiences with all of you. Mantra for 2020, short-term sacrifice for long-term gains. Woo, yes. Weeping may endure for a night, but joy cometh in the morning. <laughs> she said <Yes>. that. <laughs> Can we check in about 2020? Because I feel yeah, like, what okay, the fuck? first of all, exactly, <laughs> exactly. Can we talk about what the fuck 2020? Because honestly, January was the longest month of, I felt like, I was like, oh my God, when is this month going to end? And so much stuff happened. Um, I, for me, I had like a, a little bit of a rough holiday season. I think I was really excited to get to like be around my family a lot more because just PhDing just takes so much out of you. Like, and it was finals and I was just trying to finish stuff and finish writing things and writing all these papers. And then I get to be with my family and try to be like, you know, a person that just has family time. And it was like a fucking shit show. So... I had talked to my therapist about like entering the holiday and she was like, honestly, it's a really tough time. And I, I like heard it, but I didn't hear it. Oh my God. <laughs> same. I like, heard it, but I didn't hear it. And then like things started to happen and unravel. And I was like, oh my gosh, there was a point where I was like, I just want to go back to school. And I never say that. <laughs> I never say that. Um, and so those are things that like I'm kind of like working through that kind of like led into 2020. And then my little pup, my little Chico, he got sick and um, that like really like messed me all up. And so he was really sick and we found out that he has like a lot of things that are wrong with him. And it's, he's also an elderly dog, so, like, there's nothing really we can do for him. Um, and so we have to just kind of, like, he he's not at, in as much pain as he was in before. Um, so we're just kind of, like, dealing with that on a day-by-day -day basis. And I was just like, oh, my gosh, January just, like, fucked me all up. Like, you know those little memes with, like, the Barbie doll? Like, <laughs> it's, like, all messed up. We got to post that. That's how I felt like, okay, bitch, 2020 is really like, I was dragged into 2020, okay? <laughs> but yeah, that's my little 2020 check-in. It's all going to be good, though. I turned 30 this year, Ooh. so, so I'm so excited for that, Um, and I'm excited to just keep learning and evolving and, like, really trying to, like, become a better person for myself and for other folks around me that I love including y'all and I don't know it was just like things have been popping off and I've been getting my work done and just like I'm excited about this pilot I'm doing I'm really excited about that so I'm doing a pilot study that'll be my qualifying exam so I'm glad you qualified that because I was like American Airlines and I also hope that I will learn to jet blue Y'all are yes, with the little TV. So this is like a definite, Christ like, at. <laughs> <laughs> this is a definite at to me. So my dating life needs to pick up because I need to learn to be more vulnerable. And I am working on that. So hopefully I will have some good stories for you soon. But yeah, we'll see how that develops. I don't know. What about you? Scholar. <sighs> well, today was a fucking day. <laughs> Period. Um, yeah, I, I feel like I'm still being dragged some days <laughs> into 2020. I woke up late today and I missed therapy. Oh. So I'm a little like uh, at myself about it because I really appreciate therapy. Um, it's really been helping me. And it's just a time for me to like really reflect and like figure out, okay, this is where I'm at. Where do I want to get to? And like just um, flush things out, especially like when my emotions are all over the place and my anxiety is like high. But I also just moved, so it's just been crazy. Mm -hmm. I'm getting everything situated. I had a good break 
Uh, it was very low key, just relaxed with my partner. Um, and then I was visiting family, so I wasn't here for a while. I was just kind of like, oh, it's time to go, because I was used to just like enjoying the day mm-hmm. for what it was away from here. But I was also doing work, so I felt like my break got cut short mm-hmm. because I was doing work, and I'm very grateful for the projects and things that I'm working on and like the things that are popping off. So like you said, like I feel really grateful and blessed. Um, things are popping off. Uh, I've switched jobs, so to speak. Ooh, tell. And, so now I'm doing some research with a professor. So I'm really excited because it's more aligned with what I need to do for myself as opposed to what I was doing, which I loved to a certain extent. Like I really enjoyed where I worked, but um, I think I was like, okay, my time, I don't have a lot of time. And the time that I do have, I need to make sure that I'm putting it in places and in spaces that are going to help me come up and, like, teach me and give me the tools that I need to be a better better profe if and when that time comes, you know? So When? It better be within the next two years. Cause no, but not <laughs> if, when it comes. When, when it comes, you're right. So, I mean, I feel, I, again, I, I do feel really blessed. I think I'm just exhausted. I'm pushing myself to new limits. Okay. So, like, I'm do like, I, I get moments of, like, I doubt myself and doubt what I'm doing, but, like, I'm not letting that hold me back. Like, I'll have glimpses of, like, I'm scared, but I just, like, I have to do this because I have to learn. And so, like, you know, you got to go through those, like, hurdles Mm -hmm. to, like, challenge yourself. So, and then I started working out again. So, like, my ass hurts today, but not in a good way. (laughs) I'm like, oh, my God, this pain. So... Um, last week I felt like my body was spaghettis, as I would say, because I was like, I feel just wobbly right now. Can't do anything, but... Stretch it out, boo. Stretch yeah. it out. So, you know, just adjusting to that and then just being more consistent with, um, taking care of me. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Which I think was something that, like, I lost track of last year, you know? Uh, yeah. And it, I think it happens to a lot, so if any of y'all feel like you're going through the same thing or you feel like you're losing yourself... Let us know. Tell us your story. We'd love to, like, hear it and offer any feedback, things that we do to help each other. Um, but I think it's, you know, sharing. There's that bittersweet moment or feeling that, like, you're not going in, you're not in that struggle alone, but you're going through it with other folks. For not sure. that I justify that we should all be in the struggle because that in itself is very problematic and internalized colonization and all kinds of other bullshit. But it's beautiful to know that, like, somebody else can understand what I'm feeling and what yeah. I'm going through. And, you know, question, what else am I going to do? I kind of have been too deep and I have no other choice. Mm-hmm. Because I'm not a trust fund baby. Although I act like I'm one, but <laughs> I'm not a trust fund baby. Mm-hmm. So. <laughs> None of us are. No, none so. of us are. Shit like that. that. <laughs> 2020 check-in. So, I'm here. January, <laughs> I'm here. I may be black and... You just disclosed some personal information. Uh, no, I was quoting um, I the color purple, color purple. But dear God, I'm here. Okay. I'm here. <laughs> so, you know, I I never encountered a January that had 365 days. <laughs> but, here we are. Here we are. True that. Yeah, this was like a lot, like just going on, like just coming back from break and starting school and experiencing this doohickey of a class that mm-hmm. I dropped. And then being from SoCal, you know, just the tragedy of losing Kobe mm-hmm. and his daughter Gigi and. The other seven folks, like, on the helicopter, just that whole thing. And there was a bird in my house. (laughs) I didn't even get to that. Like, that really just, uh, a bird just got in my house. A a wild bird. So, you know, (laughs) I mean. of the wild. (laughs) (laughs) I have a domesticated bird. I was going to say, where are all my domesticated birds (laughs) at? Where my pigeons at? <laughs> <laughs> so, 
I mean, um, getting ready for 2021, I guess, because I wore out. Yeah, it's been wild. Yeah. I do I do want to acknowledge, though, that our Capricorn Queen, BBW, did have a birthday. Mm-hmm. Not in mm-hmm. January, but in okay. December. Happy birthday. Thank you. But in December. I didn't we... turn 30, though. No, but <laughs> she looks I'm not 30. Dead. She's not. She... I, I just turned 20. Thank there you, you go. So hard you. Being Times <laughs> some other numbers. But we're not going to talk about that. Yes. So happy late birthday to Thank our you. favorite Capricorn queen. Yes. And if you want to Venmo us. We <laughs> don't have one yet. <laughs> Send us a message. <laughs> Support a PhD student. Excel. Cash. Yes, 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 yes. Can I just say about the um, the bird? I was so I'm really into spiritual things. This is academic clapback. You'll hear more about this throughout the podcast. I'm also a Scorpio, so it takes me a while to warm up to people, even an audience, I guess. Just letting you know. So I'll see you in the microphone. Even a microphone takes me a while to warm up to you. But we're here. But you'll, in essence, you'll hear more about like spiritual things that I bring up. But just briefly, I was looking up like the significance of the bird that you saw, and one of the things was um, suggesting that like that's when you see that it's a sign of when essentially like you're you're finding your own song, and and it was very interesting because the experience you had in the classroom was like your way of like. Not only finding your own song, but being like, this isn't going to work for me. And I'm out. And I'm going to voice. I'm going to tell you that this is not okay. And it was very... When you were telling me... When you had told us the bird, and you mentioned the dream too, very briefly, it was like this, again, this transformation, this change was happening. And it was just kind of like, people need to get out of the fucking way. And just embrace you. Oh, we embrace you. I receive. 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 Time to receive. Receive. This receive. Is I'm receive. ready to receive money. <laughs> Same. <laughs> please send us some money, please. <laughs> My check in for 2020. Well, for, it's been, it really has been a while since we recorded. So at the point when we started recording, I think I was still in my third year in the program. You were. I am now in my fourth year, and I wrapped up coursework last term. (laughs) And it's kind of like I'm already in this deep, right? And you're, I'm at a point right now where I'm figuring out, like, what does this dissertating process really look like for me? And what does it mean in terms of, of the plan I have to execute and how am I making sure that I'm holding myself accountable but also being held accountable by my committee and in addition like making sure that I'm seeking support because I can be someone who will close myself off and just mm-hmm. focus on whatever I have to do and that's not healthy mm-hmm. don't do that I've lived the isolated PhD life before it's not good for you but I might think at this point where it's like exciting because I really am passionate about the project that I'm doing but I'm also nervous because I really don't know. Mm-hmm. And there's a point where you don't know what you don't know. And so I'm asking questions. I'm talking to my committee members. But sometimes I, I'm still left wondering, is there a question I'm not asking? And that mm-hmm. I and therefore some information that is important that I'm missing. Mm-hmm. And so I think throughout this process for me, it's like taking mental notes of everything that's happening because I want to make sure that when my friends go through this, I'm there. And I've got that information. Oh. And um, really quickly, like, Academic Clapback is the first of us to be, like, moving on to, like, <laughs> dissertating. Which is, like, low-key, like, really sad. Because, like, I'm so used to having class with her. And so I'm really sad. But I'm also really happy and excited. And it'll be great, I think, to, like, support you through this process. And I'm, like, so excited. And she's the baby of us, which is so cute. <laughs> and so, yeah, like, I'm really excited to see Como Te Va a Ir, which it's going to be great. I know it's going to be great. I know there's going to be difficult moments, but, like, we all have your back. And, like, it's just so, like, wow, exciting to see. And I think for me, I met Academic Clapback. I was a prospective student, and I literally met her in her first year. And so to kind of, like, see this evolution of academic clapback um 
yeah, has been like really like a great blessing and I'm really excited to see you know, um, where we're going to be going. And so, yes, I'm going to be, we're all going to be there every step of the way. I'm so excited. So yes. shout out to 2020, I guess. <laughs> it's been like, it's been wild. Mm. I think BBW said it best, like. <laughs> 365 <laughs> days we're in january for sure <laughs> so we'll see um como nos va a ir. and i think also like being on hiatus you know i think for me um you know last year was just specifically last year at this time i went through so much institutional violence mm -hmm. i had a couple of run-ins um with campus police and i also had a run-in with a person who has serious internalized oppression issues that like tried to publicly shame me um, for being critical and asking questions and getting in their feelings mm. right another person mm. that was getting in their feelings mm. when I literally was not trying to like do anything to them personally I was trying to ask critical questions of a program that was happening on campus the great thing was is that I didn't do it alone. Everyone in this room was like supporting me, wrote questions into the email that we were asking about, was there when we had these discussions, was there after I got this nine paragraph email of how disrespectful and condescending and um, inequipped and uneducated I am. Can um, we talk about <laughs> graduate students that write long ass emails <laughs> yes like yes. you need to start banging on that typewriter that oh, yeah, keyboard but we're, but we're internet gangsters <laughs> bang on that keyboard and finish that qual that dissertation <laughs> don't send me don't send no nine page email yeah and I think I mean I think it was like my I think I was just so at that time in my therapy, I was still trying to work through not using physical violence <laughs> um, and trying to work like using my words That's and bad. like, yeah, yeah. Bad. And like, and trying to figure out like also how to navigate a space in which this person really attacking me. Um, and it was just, it, it was worse because this was also like a mujer of color. And so like, that was like, I think that hurt the most and I can say hurt now I think at that time I was really furious and angry and um, I still have to be around this person I still unfortunately like run into this person but let me tell you when they ran into me they had nothing to say to my face and I waited I was like hi and then they have anything to say to me um and you know and all of this are you really the point of this all of this was because we read their partner their white partner for filth for saying that they spoke ebonics that is an actual thing this person said to us and also for saying that um all of our, our parents, parents were, were immigrants. immigrants and not that that's a bad thing but it was just this person was introducing themselves to us and was like you know, I grew up in East Oak. This is a white man. I grew up in, in East Oakland for like a time. I speak Ebonics and... I know where the youngsters get hyphy. Yeah. <laughs> and, and then, he went, then he was like, I you know... I just ride it the way. <laughs> yeah. I'm popping. Yeah. And it was just so odd. It was so odd and so like infuriating. And this was like a meeting to discuss like why this particular program on campus was exclusionary to a lot of folks. Um, and so, you know, this person was like, you know, um, I'm sure all of your parents are immigrants. I also have an immigrant story. And it was just so weird shit, like just so weird. And so we were just like, you know what, this is really inappropriate. And like, this is not okay. And that person, that person got on their feelings and then went and, and told their partner. Told their partner who was um, really like a part of this organ other organization on campus. And so that person, from their work email, <laughs> sent me like this. Mm -hmm. Oh yeah, yeah, it was from the work. Email. Oh, yeah, yeah, from the work email. It wasn't even their phone. <laughs> it was a straight up work email. It was their work email. Hell, problematic. Mistake. Um, sent me like this nine paragraph email of how like all those things that I said and then respectability sent, yeah politics. this really like respectability politics 
kind of shit. And then um, also sent Holto Scholar an email saying like, you know, thank you for keeping your cool in that meeting, even though she was not in the meeting um, and saying, telling him that he needed to rein me and academic clap back in and like teach us how to be uh, respectable and dignified were her words. So that was part of what was going on. And then like all those run-ins with campus police asking me why I'm on campus and questioning me. And yeah, just like a lot of stuff. Having like a really like horrible job. Um, I had multiple jobs, but like one of them was really horrible. And so it was just like a lot of stuff that was like going on. And so, um, yeah, I feel like I don't think I was in the space to like record and I had to really work through those feelings. And I think I still have to work through some of them. Yeah. yeah. I, I mean, last year was also the year that we at the like right before that year even started, we lost our advisor. Yeah. So that was like the shift. And like there were a lot of shifts happening last year. There were a lot of things that we were kind of acclimating to and figuring out and it was just one of the shittiest years in this institution. Yeah. And the responses we got when we were seeking support or when we were asking clarifying questions and being critical about what we were being told, either because of tuition increases or because of programs that were being shut down with no explanation or thought. Um, yeah. To include I us in. About that. There were so Ugh. many things that happened. And also, in addition to that, there was a lot of labor a lot of student labor in yeah. creating like all this programming that everyone in the institution lauded themselves for doing as mm -hmm. diversity and inclusive programming but that was labor that we did and it wasn't always paid some no. of it was paid because we were in positions mm -hmm. that were also fulfilling or tied to those programming events but can if you, not we wouldn't have had that can you talk about that academic clapback i totally forgot that we had to sit through a meeting where a white woman told us that our experience did not matter oh yeah. my god mm -mm. i can we are not lying about this like i that wish we were verbatim <laughs> that was repeated multiple times yeah i mean first of all context a program that both adriana and i academic clapback were a part of was suddenly just disbanded. We were told via email Set that on my iPhone. Yes, <laughs> that a pro yeah. the program we were a part of would no longer be a thing From an starting next year. Yeah. Never had she reached out to us about talking um, about the potential of it ending. Professors didn't even know this was happening. It mm -hmm. was very just off the cuff. She decided she wanted to end it. Um, and that just started a chain of events. The four of us got together again, and we wrote, you know, a pretty, like, concise email, but also asking questions about what was the happening. The keyword was concise? <laughs> yes. Yes. <laughs> to the point, and we were also asking our faculty, like, what the fuck was happening. Yeah. They were blindsided, too. They didn't even know this was happening. We emailed the whole faculty, y'all. Yes. <laughs> So just and so, <laughs> once so we're the favorites of the department. Yeah, yeah. People see us walking and they just turn. Yeah, <laughs> honestly, that the the white man that said he spoke ebonics, he literally, if he sees me, will cross the street and walk the other way. If I'm he not. Sees I all no of us, lie. and I'm like, no <laughs> lie. Do I look dangerous? <laughs> I am not lying. So you know, all bad. Anyways, this meeting happens that Adriana and myself set up. Yeah. And the first thing this person says to us is, you could have emailed me. You could have reached out to me before reaching out to everyone else. I'm really hurt that you didn't reach out to me. Which makes absolutely no fucking sense because she didn't even have the decency to email us personally about the fact that she was contemplating ending this program mm. so there that all that shit about respecting her went out the window the moment she did that because she didn't respect us and this was a paid position that offered some assistance for conferences and some assistance just for the work that we do very minimal let's put yes. it that way but very minimal but it was money that we counted on but at lolu there's like no, no money. money and so like even having that was like 
you know, cada gotita cuenta, like everything counts. And yes. so, and we were working for that money. Yes. We um, were also the only people working for that money. Yeah. In a group of like five six. of us, six of us. So at this meeting, this person is just like, what's going on? Why, you know, I, I'm planning on doing this, but I have this whole other program that if you're interested, you can apply to. <laughs> Um, because we're just going to terminate this, and I want to include all the departments, although this was from an endowment specifically for our program. Yeah. Not for any other department. Yeah. Or concentration. Mm-hmm. Um, and so we start sharing our perspectives and where we're coming from, and Adriana is sharing the fact that she literally budgeted this mm-hmm. money into her personal finances to ensure that she would have that and realizing that she would no longer count on that money she was going to be missing a lo- money for her rent and for her bills and then we have another colleague in the room who's quiet the entire time two colleagues yeah two colleagues one unwanted of, colleagues yes who never did anything your best friend <laughs> <laughs> yeah and uh-huh. And so then I start asking questions, and she tells me, why am I still in the room if I'm no longer going to be in this program starting next year? Because it's only a two-term position, and I, or two-year term position, and I would have finished in that semester. Um, so basically wanting to kick me out. And then after Adriana disclosed her experience... The this woman just went and said, like, this is just your experience. Mm-hmm. It was very highly problematic, and this is one of the ways that people discredit our experiences and discredit, like, the importance of the conversation that we are bringing to the table. Specifically because this is a wealthy white woman who never lived that experience mm-hmm. of being on a tight budget and figuring out how you're going to make do to pay everything. Because graduate school is not cheap, and in addition to that, all the living expenses where we live are highly expensive. Yeah, and I think also something that was really poignant as well was that um, I had, so I like obviously I'm very vulnerable and like divulging like what's going on and how I had already budgeted that money because this, the next year, which would be this year, was going to be my second and last year a part of the program and so I was like okay I had this money I already accounted for to help me like pay rent over break and also like to help me go to conferences and things like that of which I presented at which is like even worse it's like I'm not even just going I'm also presenting but yeah so then that was really it was just so like, I was like, is this really happening right now? And then this person literally was like, you know, well, what I can do is I'm turning this program, which is like a flexible program. I'm turning this program into a job. And I was like, well, I already have three jobs. I don't need another one. I need this fellowship so that it can be flexible and I can share the work and space with other folks and be able to do this work remotely or whenever I can. And they were like, well, I just don't, then I don't think this is for you anymore. So basically like pushing me out and saying like, well, I think you're kind of busy. I think you have a lot on your plate. And then also, I wouldn't if you gave me money, (laughs) (laughs) right? Like I wouldn't have to hustle hard if I could just like, you know, but yeah. And then this privileged white woman. Yeah. And then this person like, is like, you know, I told them, I was like, there's so many issues at LOLU that, like, really need to be addressed. The fact that, like, our faculty are leaving. The fact that, you know, I was like, at this point, I don't think I could ever tell anyone to come here. Like, I wouldn't want anyone to sign up for this. Like, this is so difficult. And it's so, like, stressful and frustrating even just to try to stay here and take courses. And they were like, you know, well, we have so many students that are coming in, which is not true. We have so many students that are coming in. And then they were like... (laughs) You know, I just, I think it's really important that you don't share this with any incoming students. I think that your experience is just your experience. And, you know, it would be really great if you, and I quote, if you didn't burden the new students with your experience. Okay, let me tell you. (laughs) As a woman of color, as a scholar of color, as a feminist, an activist educator, person with a conscience... I, and I told her this, I in no way can lie to anyone that is considering this program and tell them that this is great. 
because that's not true and people are spending lots and lots of money mm-hmm. to come here and are trying to are thinking that they're getting one thing and then they're getting something totally different and so um yeah that was wild and i totally forgot about that so all of those things like the whole email thing the campus police and this all of this happened <laughs> during that semester all of this happened during that semester um, but you know what? I do have to say a big shout out to our advisor. Our everyone, we all share the same advisor because that, and she is a black woman. And I have to say that because black women do a lot of unpaid labor in whatever profession they're in. Um, and our professor is in two different departments and is holding it down in two different departments. And she literally held us down because she was the only faculty member that responded to our email and was like oh no this isn't okay and actually went in and took over the program from that person and has literally been running it and has been so great so organized and was like oh yeah this program is not going away and yeah and just really came in and really held it down and I really have to say that that is not the first time that a black woman has stood up for me and I'm sure it won't be the last. And so it was just, yeah, it was just so beautiful. Like such a great moment of solidarity and just really like, oh, just like, you know, when you talk about really being there for your students, like really being there. And like, that is what that looks like. And that, and it just really was like, it was a saving grace, honestly. And it wasn't about the money, you know, it wasn't just about that. It was also about the fact that like, We were literally in a room where this white woman was telling us that, like, that you don't matter, basically. And she came in and was like, you do matter. And when I told her that, I was, like, crying. Like, I was in her office and I was like, look, like, this is what happened. I didn't cry in the meeting. Um, And not that it's, you know, it's not okay to cry. But, like, I literally broke down in my advisor's office. And I was like, look, this is what happened. And she turned around. She was on her computer. <laughs> As she normally is, I have yes. to say. She's she, on everything. She's, like, literally on Facebook, YouTube, and writing a book at the same time. Okay? So, <laughs> hashtag um, goals. Hashtag, like, and, and it's just, she literally, like, stopped. She turned and looked me in my eyes, and she said, you are brilliant, and you deserve to be here, and you matter. And that literally just, like, just so much weight just lifted you know and that's really like that's really the kind of transformative educator i'm trying to be and like shout that's out transformative to, pedagogy right yes there. and shout out to all the women of color shout out to all the black women yeah i will also add i've been applying to fellowships and i literally needed a fellowship letter of rec two weeks within two weeks and all she said was send me the information i'll do it no questions asked. And it was just such a big reminder of, again, the ways that you show up for your students. Yeah. And for any educators out there or future educators, these are things that you need to take into account. And you better pay it forward. Just like your faculty who are doing that for you, you have to do that for other students. Yeah. It doesn't end with us. We have to continue that. And going back to the conversation that Adriana and I were sharing, in my grandmother had literally passed away a couple weeks before that meeting, and I was particularly sensitive during that time. And so in that meeting, I started crying mm-hmm. because I was thinking about the fact that my colleagues who I had shared about this experience would not have those opportunities that I had had for two years. And I was so upset to hear the way that this person was belittling us and and basically telling us we don't matter Mm -hmm. like adriana has already shared with you so like things happen in between these programs and it's these moments that really make it or break it and it's these moments that you realize who people really are Mm -hmm. in the academy and it was such a big reminder that the academy will never be loyal to us nope and i believe dr duran mentioned that in in a talk during nash That is something that we need to keep in mind because sometimes we are trying to do the most to publish, to do all these things, and to carry that name with pride of the institutions that we're a part of. But the moment that you need support and they don't give that to you, that tells you everything. And that tells you the way that they actually take care of their people, which Mm -hmm. oftentimes means they don't. Mm -hmm. Yeah. 
Yeah. It was like a rough. It was. It was a hard fucking up. year. <laughs> yeah, it was fucked up. That's why we weren't available. <laughs> <laughs> Just well, some of the you know. reasons. Some of the reasons. But yeah, so um, thank y'all. Do y'all have anything else to say? Yes. Oh, balance. Yes. yes. So. BBW binge worthy stuff. Over the break, I binged Good Girls on Netflix and it was fucking hilarious to <laughs> me. And because um, while school's in session, we are under rocks, I did not know <laughs> that this show actually comes on a NBC or a Oh, one. really? Yes. Oh, really? Yes. Oh, I, that. I thought it was just on Netflix. Uh, same. same. I so, think it's just on Netflix now. I know. I, know. I mean, oh, it's on yeah, TV. that's. <laughs> Like, what is TV? Um, so yeah, if you're looking for something to like binge while you're procrastinating, like myself, Good Girls. Okay. Anyone else? What about Raising Dion? Oh my oh. god! Yes, <laughs> Raising Dion. Okay, I binged it. You gotta watch Rico Scholar. Raising Dion, yes. Especially if you have, well, you don't even need to have like a kid to to watch it. It's just a great, and it's just one season. Good Girls, I think, is like two Uh or three seasons, but Raising Dion is one season. It's fucking awesome. Michael B. Jordan is in it. Oh my gosh, Michael (laughs) B. Jordan. (laughs) Now you'll watch. Now you'll watch. Okay, Um, it's great. Yeah, so. Raising Dion and oh Good gosh. Girls, both on Netflix. Netflix right. is not paying us, but, you know. If they wanted to. If they wanted to, they you know, us. like, how many people, like, 60? Sponsor. Three people liked, so, <laughs> yeah. Give us a call. Yeah. <laughs> I would say, maybe not shows, but I would maybe pass it other things. One of the things that I've been doing is Reiki. And if you haven't ever had a Reiki session, it's a spiritual healing session with a Reiki practitioner. That's just a really great experience for me. And that was my introduction to starting spiritual healing. So that's one of the things that I would say for the audience members who are experiencing some of the things that not only like the challenges of being in grad school, but also I think that often is compounded by a lot of real life struggles that you're experiencing. In the academy, I actually ended up getting really sick and I have an autoimmune disease. And because of that, I started looking for alternative healing methods. And Reiki was one of the ways that I sought support and it was the first introduction to my spiritual healing journey. So I would suggest that. I watch a lot of TV whenever I can. Um, it just depends on what you're into. Yeah. Um, I watch all kinds of kooky shit that nobody likes, and I don't care. Like, I'm like, I love it. So, like, I, I binge, in Mexico, I binge watch this makeup show. Is it, is it Glow My up? sister. Glow yeah, up or whatever? Like my sister watches it. Well, it was only one season. That's not about yeah. the wrestling women? No, that's another show. No. <laughs> oh, okay. I thought you were talking about Gorgeous that ladies of wrestling. Yeah, yeah. Yes. That's another, there's a show. But, like, there's a show okay. about this this makeup competition. Yeah, so I, I binged, Yeah, so I binged it. It's done, but I loved it. Um, I'm trying to finish Sabrina season three. These are, again, this is the shit that I love. Witch? Yeah, there's yeah, a whole Netflix series, like whole but series. it's like darker. Remake. Like oh. it's not like. Well, not necessarily. Yeah, it's a darker version. It's a darker of version. Like there's Witch. sex. There's like it's fun. I I'm like oh. I'll put it on while I'm doing work. Um, We're on the same wave. Next in fashion. It's like it wants to be Project Runway. It's on Netflix, <laughs> one season. Um, yeah, I got a whole list if you hit me up. <laughs> oh, what did I? Okay, so I did binge Raising Dion. I I really liked it. Normally, I don't like like superhero stuff, yeah. but um, I really liked it. Uh, so I like that. Um, I listened. I finished listening to Brene Brown's uh, The Gifts of Imperfection. And Daring Greatly, which were two really great books. Um, and she also is a grounded theory researcher, which is what I'm trying to work on. So that was like really dope to kind of like understand her research and also like learn, try to learn how to be a vulnerable person. Um, <laughs> <laughs> sorry, 
I'm white. We well, I speak into the mic. It's really hard to be vulnerable. <laughs> <laughs> it's a process. I think it's really hard in the dating scene for me. That's dating right. sucks. And, um, I the proud family is on Disney Plus. So shout out to that. Um, and what else? Come through with them Disney Disney passwords, y'all. I know. I, know, yeah, I don't have cause... it. Someone gave it. Um, I, I need HBO. So if anybody got HBO, yeah. I like don't have it anymore. I always oh, Insecure is coming back on. Yes. So okay. I need HBO. First of all, I really am upset because Insecure usually comes on in the summer. And now it's going to come on in the middle of the semester. And I don't know what I'm going to do because I'm just going to be like. DVR. Yeah, I know. Okay. I've never watched it. I know. Did you ever say, okay. I said I was going to, but binge. We you can always come so to my house good. and binge it's it all day. It's so fucking good. It's worth um, it. What else did I watch? You know, I like to watch a lot of different stuff. But what did I watch? Oh, I really like to watch like Planet Earth shit. I'm a weirdo. Um, so I can, love I do that narrated stuff when yes, like the ants are coming out the ant <laughs> hill and they're like it's what they so, gonna do next it's so interesting Whoa. it's so <laughs> Whoa, that it's so interesting there's one that's like planet earth at night that I've been watching lately and that one okay listen if you just take a little bit of CBD and you watch that shit and just relax and fall asleep on the couch like birds <laughs> I think that's so that was the CBD that wasn't the show. I was just like oh I'm just gonna watch this and just eat chips <laughs> so I watched that and yeah I listened to those books I wasn't really listening to podcasts actually but yeah so that's what I was like doing watch Raising Dan um, <laughs> oh Shrill just yes um, season 2 oh Shrill. season 2 just Shrill. came out season oh. 2 I think it was a little bit slower than season 1 but it was good and then oh Pen15 AKA penis. If y'all have not seen that on Hulu and you grew up in the 90s, okay, but listen, I literally was huh? watching that. You have to watch that show. Pen it is, it's so it's fucking. Is there penis? Yes, oh. it's called penis, but it's 1015. And it's so fucking funny. Literally, like, my best friend and I were watching that. I'm <laughs> Me too. And we were just like, my oh my gosh. Clear. If someone. Literally, I, it was the shit. <laughs> I had this per clear purple. I know what you're talking about. I had a little hey, black hey. Motorola. Whoo, child. You can't tell me nothing. And if you press the code right, it came out as letters. Yeah. Yes. yes. So, star 143. <laughs> I love you. <laughs> That's how you know we're old. <laughs> Um, but yeah, so if you haven't watched Pen15, I loved it. And it literally was like looking into like my awkward middle school stage. Not everything that they did is something that I went through, but it just, even the clothes. Like someone, one of the characters was wearing an actual shirt that I had. So that was like, <laughs> wow. that was really funny. All right. All right, y'all. Yes, that's balance. our balance, our binge balance. Binge balance. So that's gonna be a new segment, <laughs> binge balance. Every episode. <laughs> yeah. So get ready for some binge balance towards the end. See. Um, and, and if you want to share anything binge worthy, just let us know. Yeah. All right, y'all. So this has been the second episode <laughs> of Preaching in color. color. My name is Adriana. <laughs> <laughs> I'm one-fourth of the problematic PhDs. This is Hoto Scholar. And I'm still here. <laughs> Episode uh, two. Uh, we'll see you hopefully next week or the week after. Well, we talked over an hour, so I hope y'all still there. This is BBW, Big Belly Bookworm. It's my IG, too. <laughs> I only got three followers, so hit me up. Help me out. Make me popular. I know, I need it. <laughs> and this is Academic Clapback signing off. Bye. 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 We also want to thank our editor-in-chief.
Thank you to our editor-in-chief who has just so graciously volunteered to do the editing. And also thank you to Academic Clapback who really had was like whipping us into shape. <laughs> um, and honestly, we literally have these fucking conversations like all, all the time. time. It's just that we don't record them. So shout out to Academic Clapback for being our our leader, our person who was like whipping our ass into shape <laughs> and getting us into the room to record. So thank y'all for listening. Till next time. Bye. Bye.